0: Welcome back to Black Goddess Healing and Manifestation and you know this is Dr. G or if you're new, welcome. If you are returning back to this podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you. Regardless, um, I am just honored. Every time I am able to speak to the collective, speak to our community, and have at least one person get something out of it. I know that that is the intent and the purpose of this podcast. So thank you for joining. Um, It's really, really a true blessing. So uh, if you listen to the last episode, I had mentioned that next week, and which is, you know. I know you may not be listening to it at the day that I post, but February the 28th from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're having a wonderful panel. Um, And I mentioned yesterday that we have artists and our celebrity guests um, coming on from The Shy. So make sure you check that out. Check out uh, my Instagram because yes you know I'm now on Instagram they're pushing me out there honey I'm getting there um, but, but go to doctor that's D R. period underscore G underscore PhD okay and come on Instagram follow me please because I need some followers you know um, that'd be nice I'm just getting started but I'm hoping you'll find some interesting tidbet bits over there but you will find the information. Um, for that event, as well as I'll put it in the show notes. But today I want to focus on our interview with Kia Amy Woods. And let me tell you a little bit about her. Um, She has her bachelor's and is an author, motivational speaker, Emotional wellness, mental health, and social justice advocate Kia released her first book, Positive Reinforcement Daily Declarations, in 2015, in an effort to provide a source of steady and consistent healing and mindset adjustment. Guide. She released 1,000 Roads to Discovery with the intention of unpacking previous hardships. Being transparent about childhood trauma and revealing coping mechanisms and life lessons that came as a result. Kia continues to speak openly about her life experiences and women's conferences and by providing group and individual support to women as needed. She promotes a health and healthy And progressive mindset, which she believes can be achieved with spiritual, mental, emotional, um, and physical wellness journeys. Most recently, Kia has gotten more involved in social justice issues as she believes in the collective trauma of marginalized people and the need for collective healing. As someone who has endured both childhood and adult personal trauma, Kia understands the importance of representation needed in crisis education and prevention. And she hopes to make a lasting impact and impact in the lives of others by promoting self-discovery and intentional healing. And that is exactly what we talked about during our interview so I hope you enjoy this one I hope you stay to the end we had just uh it kind of shifted to a different conversation about kind of you know that death and rebirth reincarnation Um, we went there it was pretty interesting talking about heaven and a spiritual realm and yeah so stay tuned and enjoy the interview So. We are luck- lucky to be joined today with uh, Kia Woods. And Kia Woods is an author of Positive Reinforcement, Daily Declarations, as well as 1,000 Roads to Discovery. And Kia Woods is a motivational speaker. She has a story to tell. And we're going to delve into that as well as some of our connections with spirituality. And if you had a chance to listen, we had a panel of really Powerful, um, thoughtful, uh, insightful women. Uh, I think it was back in December, right? Uh, during our yes. great conjunction. Mm-hmm. And Kia was one of our panelists. And I thought this would be a great opportunity to just learn a little bit more about her um, and for us to have a one on one conversation. So, welcome, Kia. Thank you for joining the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Dr. G. It's an honor and a privilege. Thank you. So, Um, tell us a little bit about, I like to start off with who you
0: are. So automatically we go Mm -hmm. to, you know, I can run down my resume or my CV, right? So Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. important. So you can certainly include that information, but more so, how do you define yourself? Who are you? Who's Kia Woods?
1: First thing that comes to mind, Kia Woods, I am a child of God. I am a proud black woman. I am a womanist. I am a sister. I am a daughter. Um, I am a friend, mm. and I think the most important piece—the new, the most important newly added piece for me—is I am a social justice activist advocate.
0: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Social justice. So you're saying that's a newly added piece.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Newly added. It was one of, you know, I feel like many of us didn't choose social justice. It was something that we kind of took on because we could not be silent anymore. Mm -hmm. And that is what happened to me. There was one day where I went to lock my door and i thought of, I had an overwhelming emotion come over me about what it was like for Breonna Taylor to lock her door that last night. And I just fell to my knees and started crying. Mm. And I was talking to a friend and she said, you need to do something with this. And I'm always, you know, the type of person that has always, just even from like grade school, used my voice for people who I felt, you know, didn't have the same opportunities, maybe someone that was more quiet or shy or someone that was picked on. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, well, how is this different? Um, And I just started researching ways that I could help, researching people that I could email, write, call, uh, looking for different types of um ways to get involved. You know, we had a march here where I live and I I was I researched it so I could go and try to find, you know, ones that have history of being safe, you know, historically because I'm I live alone and I was going alone, you know. So mm-hmm. that's that's something that I I kind of just fell into just because of the overwhelming amount of emotion. Mm-hmm. I didn't wake up one day and say, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna start some social justice work, which I would, I love and, and admire people that decided that it just, if I'm honest, that's not how it came about for me.
0: Hmm. So in your work, you talk about personal experiences and trauma, how would you define, or do you, do you see the most recent events that have built upon, you know, centuries of pain? Do you see that as a collective trauma and how does mm-hmm. that, you know, how, how, how does it resonate for you? That collective a- trauma.
1: You know, there's a lot of individual trauma that I talk about, individual and personal trauma. You know, my books were written in 2015 and 2017 um, or released those years. I think since those release dates, the collective trauma is kind of been where my focal point is. I've kind of evolved past looking and teaching and Coaching towards individual and more thinking about this collective trauma. So, thank you for that question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a people, there are there's like you said, there's centuries of centuries of events, pain, suffering, overcoming, persevering, uh, relying heavily on religion. Or our religious practices, or our cultural uh, experiences, to you know find ways of escape. Song, dance so heavily, you know, in our black community, starting way, way back before slavery. But definitely thinking about how you know our enslaved ancestors, you know, what they did to just make it, just to keep to keep going, and there are certain things that I look at differently now uh, because, you know, what's entertainment for some, I now view as this is a coping mechanism for, for a lot of our enslaved ancestors. You know, those songs that just got us through, you know, uh, like the just religion that was introduced, Westernized religion that was introduced to us to keep us in line so to speak and now how we've adopted it and adapted to it and you know we kind of police each other with it all of that is 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 post-generational trauma all of that is collective trauma and we impose it on each other every day as well
0: Mm. this is true and I think you know we have as a culture, I think, at least, you know, speaking for the Black culture, that we haven't quite until recent times, you know, acknowledge the trauma. We talk mm-hmm. a lot about enslavement and, and our ancestors and what happened. And uh, even right now, looking at disparities, right? And, and even mm-hmm. health disparities because of the pandemic we're in has brought a lot mm-hmm. of things to the surface, but we don't speak a whole lot about trauma and what that does to you, not mm-hmm. just Physically, mentally, but emotionally and spiritually, Spiritually, right, with Mm -hmm. your spirit and your spiritual connection, how that trauma is really connected um, throughout your lineage, you know, and Mm -hmm. what I call ancestral trauma, generational Mm -hmm. trauma, right, Mm -hmm. that still exists. And what happens is we know that those things will then repeat right? We start to see repetition within, I call the patterns of life, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, if you look back and you start to speak to your mother or your mother's mother, you find out that, wow, some, they've maybe experienced some of those same experiences. Um, mm-hmm. Have you had anything in your family that you could feel like that um, definitely resonates now in your life, whether, you know, significant trauma or just simply how, how you present, how you interact with people?
1: There's, I am estranged with my biological mother, um, and I would say that is a result of some generational trauma. Um, There are, it feels very, I'm sensitive to this subject only because it feels as though part of it is not my story, but part of it is. So, you know, if I have, you know, some family members, you know, biological family members that, you know, uh, feel sensitive to this, then I'm going to go ahead and ask for, you know, forgiveness in advance. But I'm going to answer your question. Honestly, um, I have chosen family. Uh, I have moms that I, you know, have chosen that have taken me in under their wing that I have a maternal relationship with. So I'm not lacking in that area. But as I mentioned, with my biological Mother, she had a and a a difficult relationship with her mother. Um, so, because of their relationship and the abuse that showed up there, there was some decisions made where my biological mother eventually turned to drugs, and you know we were take we were taken from her. For a while, well, she she voluntarily placed us into the foster care system and we ended up with her mother. So we ended up with my my maternal grandmother, even though she had you know abused my mother. Um, and I feel like my mother never quite got over that. So the you know the drugs on and off my entire life that showed up um, the way that she could not show up for me. Um, And then even the way that she continues to um, not heal, you know, and therefore continues to hurt even in adulthood, even in my adulthood, I had to make the decision a couple of years ago to disconnect um, for the sake of my own uh, self-preservation. And I would say that generational, I always, I have empathy and I, I grant her grace because I understand that she was hurt as a little girl. And then that caused that little girl to grow up into a woman that could not be there for her child the way that she needed to be. Um, but as a, a grown woman myself that needs to show up for the little girl inside of her who feels neglected, who feels like no one showed up for her. I have to show up for her now. And that means I had to sever that relationship at the suggestion of four different therapists. Each one was fired every time they suggested it. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I made that that decision myself um, after a really uh, traumatic, another traumatic event. Um, so yeah, I that is, I see intergenerational trauma in my life every single day that I live because while I know that that's the right decision, my biological father is gone and I do have the woman that gave birth to me and I don't have a relationship with her and that, that does hurt. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I know some may listen to the story and say, you know, to and maybe disconnect from that story. That's not me. I didn't have that happen or I have both parents, but if we all sit back, and really start to peel back those layers you will see that you know there are things that you are carrying that ne- don't necessarily belong to you right? Yep. It, doesn't, it's, it doesn't belong to you, but you carry it because it was passed down to you. And it is challenging to give back that luggage and say, oh, mm-hmm. you left this. this oh, is I'm not sorry. Mine. I'm sorry. You left this here. Let me give it back to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know for me personally, I, and thank you for being so transparent. Um, no it, that takes a lot to be transparent and, and to know that, yeah, other others may listen and hear mm-hmm. it and, you know, mm-hmm. but it is your story, right? Yeah. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. um you know and i could share that i know years ago i set back after going through something somewhat traumatic for myself and and now i could say that because i'm always so strong but yeah that's it's mm-hmm. traumatic what i went through and mm-hmm. i will say that i i took a moment and i connected with my ancestors and i heard somewhere and i don't remember where Um, And it was just a little tidbit of advice. It could have been like a YouTube video or something very small. And they were saying how to forgive that ancestor that Mm. did wrong in your lineage that you are now paying the price for. And Mm. I took a moment of doing a true releasing ceremony of forgiving. Whoever jacked this up, (laughs) Mm -hmm. we forgive you. And Mm -hmm. now we release it, you know, and I can attest to not having Parents, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Having parents transition, the people mm-hmm. who raised me transition, and then to mm-hmm. discover a biological father I have never met, who's now also transitioned. So we mm-hmm. have somewhat of a similarity in terms mm-hmm. of yeah. There's, mm-hmm. you know, when people talk about oh the holiday I'm going to my yeah that doesn't quite yeah. exist for me right right. right. Yeah. So I I feel you on that one, but mm-hmm. I think it also leads you to really, I, I feel like people that have those stories, it leads you to healing and reaching back to others, right? It's mm-hmm. like that's how mm-hmm. you find your purpose. Yeah, crazy way for us to set it up for us to find our purpose, but that's how it sometimes <laughs> works yeah. out for yeah. souls like ours. So in terms of that, how would you say, you know, your spirituality intersects with, you know, healing and growth. Um, we talked about this a little bit on the panel,
1: how, mm-hmm.
0: you know, I, I personally don't define as a Christian currently, okay. you know, it's not, but you, I think I shared a lot about my spiritual practices and beliefs, you know, and I'm very mm-hmm. open in that way. I love the foundation that I received from that, you know, mm-hmm. you um, have your own practices you can share, I'll f- allow you to share that. Mm-hmm. But how, how does that connect to your work, your spirituality?
1: So when I first started writing, okay, so I I grew up, I would say with the absence of any type of real religion, Um, my father is a five percenter. So he, the the five percenters do not identify their beliefs or their belief system as a religion It's, it's more so of a way of life. It's in short, a branch of the nation of Islam. So like a, like a branch off of it, is, it's, not, it's not definitely not Muslim um, at all. There are some similarities there where they refer to God as Allah. They don't eat pork. I grew up under that. That was the closest thing that I had. Christianity kind of chose me. It feels where I feel most at home. I did start to write and release uh, these current books when I had moved away from Christianity during about where my dad had just got diagnosed with stage four cancer. And I was really, really mad at God. I was really having a difficult time. Um, And then a few years ago, I found myself working my way back. And I would say that my, my spirituality shows up in my work because, or in the ways that Healing was never complete until I, until I got in tune with spirit, until I felt God in me. Um, it was something that I aspired to do. It was something that I wanted to do even down from the, the the temper that I had as a result of just being angry with the childhood that I had and, you know, the 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 setback that I felt that I was in, entered in adulthood with, you know, as far as having like the bad credit because people had things in your name that you had nothing to do with or, you know, the, the anger that you have for having to, um, you know, not be able to call and say, hey, I need, you know, $100 to pay this phone bill, you kind of just got to go figure it out and do whatever you have to do to do so while, you know, taking college courses and working two jobs, and, you know, just kind of like this resentment. And so I would say that the 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 healing process didn't, didn't really begin until I was able to find this spirituality, until I was able to feel connected, until I was able to ask God to help me because doing it on my own was not working. And I would say that had made, that made the biggest difference from someone that could write pretty words and someone that could live what she wrote.
0: That's yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah, because we can all write things down, right? And sometimes I I listen to, I love listening to other people's podcasts and people on social media, which I'm just now dipping my toe into social media.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're doing good. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs)
0: but yeah, sometimes I wonder, you know, well, what's your story and how do you live this? Is it just, Mm I, you know, some people, unfortunately like things, it becomes a fad, right. And everyone's spirituality. And now we're going back to our roots and ancestral veneration, Mm -hmm. but how much are you actually living that Mm -hmm. and 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 sharing? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, um, so what would you say has been, you know, the most influential? So we, we talked a little bit about some traumatic, you know, experiences for you, but what's been the most influential piece of your healing and whether you're, you can call yourself healed or not, because I think that's yeah. such a strong word, right? Are we yeah. ever truly healed? No, I don't know. in the process. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. however you define that, what would you say mm-hmm. would be the biggest component towards that?
1: I would say waking up every day and actively making the decision. Intentionality, making that decision and asking God to lead me Mm -hmm. on that path to carry me when I'm too weak to, to walk and to continue choosing that every day. I would say that decision to do that is is probably the most impactful thing on this healing journey, and I think early I wanted to correct something that I said when I said healing wasn't complete. There's pieces that I can say, okay, yeah, that that scar, that wound is healed now. But at, so I so definitely that was a microcosm of this greater work that I am speaking of when I talk about. The healing journey because the the reality is we're never just left alone where everything that's been done to us is just going to be done and now go heal. We're constantly re traumatized by being triggered Mm -hmm. by things happening, new occurrences, you know, whether they're altogether new or whether they're a different shape of something that looks familiar, i.e., a trigger or a new person, a new relationship, a new friendship. Um, Or what's happening, you know, in the in the world, you know, collectively or discovering, you know, maybe vibrating at a at a higher level. And now because you're doing so, being able to tap into something that you didn't realize when you were lower at a lower vibration, you know, um, it's not done. It's never done. Uh, That's unfortunate, scary (laughs) and also reality.
0: And that's part of the ascension. Though, mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. whether you could admit going through traumatic experiences or not, we all experience trauma. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's those that admit it that have mm-hmm. to, that are constantly reliving it. And, and in terms of your consciousness and your awareness, right? Right. Some right. people, you know, that experience um, trauma will carry it in their bodies and yep. they don't realize what the triggers are. If you mentioned mm-hmm. operating at high vibration versus lower vibration.
1: Mm-hmm. And if
0: you are one that, you know, maybe you're just not there yet. We can't, Judge, but you know, maybe they they haven't gone on that journey just yet. But when you're low low vibrational and you have experienced trauma, it certainly lives in your body. And Mm -hmm. you know, this is me putting on that academic hat, Um, but and I won't go into all the different parts of the brain, but we do know that there are you know, aspects of your brain and your nervous system that requires you. To make a connection to your experiences, right? So like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's a spoon. Oh, that's the sky. That's a dog barking. But when you can't make sense of it, the brain will automatically say, you know what, reject. We got to push this away. We don't know what to do with this. Mm -hmm. So we need to, we need to get rid of it but it lingers in your nervous system. So the next time you encounter someone that maybe they have the smell of cologne as someone that you've encountered that has done something Mm -hmm. horrible, or maybe they have a tone of voice that raises at work to you that then triggers you to a parent that used to raise their voice in that way. It's all very sensory related, right? And Mm -hmm. we don't Mm -hmm. always acknowledge that. And so you have to find a way to release you have to yes. find a way to i call it refracturing it's like a bone mm-hmm. that's set the wrong way right? okay. so we have, you know so we need to refracture it and that takes revisiting it and i know you mm-hmm. just, you spoke about your refracturing your trauma which is going to therapy right mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And, and that's and i think that's the piece i don't know what's your opinion do you think that's why a lot of our people are afraid to go to therapist or what is that
1: i think I don't know that that's why, because I don't know that a lot of people, if you've never been in therapy before, I don't think that you realize that you're going to revisit certain things that you didn't even know you needed to revisit. Mm -hmm. I think the stigma lies in there in as there's nothing wrong with me. Okay, You know, so, so that, that not, not being able to admit that there that you can use some assistance and that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you, that in that, all people, all of us, can benefit from talking to people who are trained and educated and licensed to assist. Or people uh, saying, you know, it's it's I don't I don't need to pay to talk to somebody. I got friends, but your friends are one bias. Your friends are likely not trained in these areas, and two, even if they are trained, them being your friend is a conflict of interest. And so I think that that's reason number two, and I think that reason number three is. For some, some people, um, depending on what you're what you're dealing with, you know, it may be too expensive. Um, if you are you you, I think the ability to go to therapy is a privilege. You know that some people just don't have, whether it is finances or whether it is, you know, the fact that you work two jobs and you 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 really just don't have time with the time that you have left over. You're trying to get dinner in and help your kids with homework and, and maybe show up at your house and smile every now and again to, you know, try to keep home okay. If you're worried about, you know, food insecurity or home insecurity and not knowing where you're going to get your next meal from, then even if you did, even if your insurance does cover it, let's say it's, that's just not, it's not on your priority list because there are so many basic things that you are worried about just for survival Mm -hmm. that dealing with the trauma that you have, or just, coping with your everyday new occurrences let's say we don't even dig into anything yet just how to in a healthy way cope with what's going on now it's it's just not it's just not on your priority list because you're worried about getting food on the table and getting this rent paid and the pandemic and right. what your kids are doing with you know uh, homeschool and such so I think that those are the things that come to mind on why therapy doesn't come to the top of the list for so many people.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you for acknowledging that, you know, and um, it, going into that question, I was hoping that you would go deep and you did. <laughs> so, you know, because we we often will put that stigma on our own, right? And it's, mm-hmm. you know, because we want better for our community. We want better for our people. Um, and we'll say, well, people need to go to therapy. You shouldn't be afraid of it. But we don't acknowledge the lack of access or just mm-hmm. simply life that could get in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the, the people that may feel like, yeah, well, that's great. Kia, you went to therapy. I would love to go to therapy, but I can't. How do I mm-hmm. do it? Right. right. So, um, you know, with that aspect of it, uh, you know, what are some things that, you know, you found outside of therapy, um, Whether it's this writing, I don't know if the journaling helped lead you to your writing or what what was it that helped you to also release and to grow from your trauma? Uh,
1: so again, first is my first and foremost is my my connection to God. I would say that be being spiritual, because you know, there's religious and then there's spiritual. I am a Christian, I am Kia who is a Christ follower, but my spirituality is what connects me to people of all walks of life and all faiths. You know, I don't, I'm not, not connected with, you know, Kiana Kiana is a Buddhist or, you know, people that are now, um, practicing African traditional, you know, practices, religious practices, or, you know, Muslims or anyone Jewish I don't I it's not that I disconnect from anyone because of our faith so what what a lot of us have in common is love right so leading with leading with love so I would my my connection my spirit my spirituality my connection to God is first and foremost and I say through that everything else flows everything else um has been presented to me, other avenues. So writing, yes, this, the first book was writing a piece of work, a mantra, a declaration, an affirmation, if you will, to get myself out of bed every morning during a difficult time. Meditation is is something else I discovered. Um, Yoga, you know, I know these are things that people list and not everything works all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think usually one of them will work. I do like Sage and Palo Santo, where I clear the energy, even if it's mine. I live alone. So sometimes I'm walking around in here clearing my own funky energy. Right. And I say, <laughs> God to remove, you know, all the negativity, the negativity around me, the negative energy that I've maybe brought with me from the day. Um, meditation for me doesn't usually look traditional. I my favorite type of meditation is shower meditation, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. which I am in the shower. And the water is, you know, I like I like hot water. I usually have candles lit. I usually have incense burning. And what I am doing after I cleanse myself or before it just depends on how urgent this is, is I am imagining everything that is weighing on me heavily cleansing me and going down the drain, falling with the water. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to a close friend about this and she actually started doing this with her husband. So it's not, you know, it's not me sitting, you know, Indian uh leg style crossed, you know, with, you know, meditating that way. I have taken me- taken meditation classes where I've done that or sat on my uh laid on my back and had the, you know, shamanic drums and everything going. I'm that's great too. But I do the shower meditation at least Twice a day, mm-hmm. and it's very necessary for me. Mm-hmm. Journaling is freeing for a lot of people. I don't even care if you're if you're if you believe yourself to be a good writer. Just kind of getting it out and releasing it. Whether even if you write it on a piece of paper and then throw it away, you know, just the carrying weight that's not yours. Just getting rid of it. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I found helps is getting on the little voice recording app on like the memo and just talking, getting it out, mm-hmm. saying it. If you have something that you feel that you need to say to someone, if they have transitioned, if they are out of your life, just talk and just say it. And you can choose to never do nothing with it. If you don't want to, you, you don't have to do anything with it. or. If they're still around, maybe you can send it to them at some point. It's, you know, a verbal letter. In this, you don't have to worry about tone being misconstrued. You know, everything that you said, is is how you meant it, is how you said it, and it's just release, regardless of what you do with it. So those are some of the things outside of therapy that um, has helped me. I think the most important thing that I have forgotten to mention Is your support system, having people around you that you can actually lean on, because if you are a giver like myself, you may find yourself surrounded by people that are takers. And it doesn't mean that they are bad people. It's just that's the kind of people you attract. You are a giver, you are a healer, you are a motivator, you are an encourager. So people are drawn to you because they are people that need to be healed, motivated, encouraged, you know, um, uplifted. Um, I had to start being very, very intentional and selective by actually asking the universe, asking God, asking spirit for fellow givers fellow people that can fuel me the same way that I fuel them. We can be each other's gas stations, if you will, not only just me pumping gas and then them going off and coming back when they need to be recharged. I had to start asking for people that the only, they are our primary job is to kind of just give each other fuel, each other. And those are the things all together outside of therapy that has assisted on the journey
0: mm-hmm. so you spoke about a few things that I, I think are pretty innate in terms of our our culture because you you know mentioned the difference between spirituality for you and religion, and mm-hmm. despite how we identify, you know that to me. That's not the most important aspect of it, but how you connect to spirit, how you connect to the divine creator and source, that mm-hmm. is the truth, right? And so by doing so, I feel like we eventually all start to tap into that African spirituality. And so innately, you started, and I don't know if you call it this or not, but you're in a way taking a spiritual bath, right? So, yeah. you know, we talked about that up, I think, a little bit on our panel as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I said to myself, I want to take a spiritual bath, but this time on purpose because, <laughs> I take that, but I don't call it, like you said, I don't call it that. And I don't set those intentions. Mm-hmm. I don't say, you know what, when I add my lavender this time, this is for my spiritual bath. When I add my rose uh, water, this is for this intention. You know what I mean? I don't do it with that intention. And, and I'm so big. On setting intentions, when I'm walking through my apartment with my stage, I'm setting an intention for every room Mm. in this bedroom, uh, you know, may I find rest, you know, right over my desk area. May I find productivity, creativity, you know, and be innovative in my couch. May I be able to wind down and transition from a work day. So I say that to say, I want to take a spiritual bath with intention, but I do take them. (laughs) thank you for noticing
0: that yes and you know I feel like that's the best way to do it you know we get so prescriptive with with our spirituality because we're so hungry right everyone's Mm -hmm. hungry we want healing we want to connect and it's like wow finally figuring out like I found a community and there's people that think like I do and that's Mm -hmm. great but you have to do what feels good for mm-hmm. you. And so I love that you found it before you knew it had a name, right? Because did we call God, God before we labeled God, God, right? right? I mean, and that's personally one of the reasons why I don't necessarily use the term God. I'm not mm-hmm. against it. And I may say it here or there, but for me, mm-hmm. it's more about, well, that's, that's just a name that we gave. And it's a three letter word mm-hmm. that we sometimes will really dilute um mm-hmm. and and cause this this source this huge entity to you know kind of go onto a small scale when it's so large right so you know not giving something a name is not a bad thing you know
1: the <laughs> gender isn't a bad thing you know what i mean i think like you know gendering god is also limiting god you That's know right. um i I, I will admit that it's, it's my nature to say he, but I have, I've had conversations recently, like, you know what, God is all, you know, so yes. even the
0: gender piece of it. And I think that is so hard for people to, to get over, you know, yeah.
1: if, if I, 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 to break.
0: Yeah. And I can imagine you identifying as Christian if you're speaking to other Christians and you're you're talking about God not having a being genderless, because I mean, yeah that does make sense even before we we are birthed. And I don't know if people realize this before we have a true gender, we're kind of gender neutral Mm -hmm. (laughs) before we come into the world. Right. So wouldn't it make sense if you believe that you're made in the image and the likeness of God Mm -hmm. that maybe God could be both or not, you know. But whatever, yeah. that's a whole all. other <laughs> all yeah. everything, Girl, everything. All <laughs> not even a person, right? Right? <laughs> right. right? Not a human, but right. everything. Um, and then you talk about sage and palisanto. I mean, do you do you get
1: any backlash for that when you're speaking with it's, people? It's so- <laughs> you know what, Doctor G, this is so funny because I think that the people in my life they know who I am. And you know what and I don't have this desire to fit into any one box. Actually, the it's actually the opposite. I find myself that if I if I am put into a box, I do my best to try to break out of it without even realizing <laughs> you know, I I don't I don't have a desire to look like a certain type of Christian. You know, I believe what I believe and I have my crystals and I have <laughs> And I don't and, and I always say it like I'm covered in all fronts. I'm covered on all fronts. I got my ancestors got me. I got I charged my crystals last night. I lit my sage. You know, I start, I start, I pray to God. I feel God is talking back to me during meditation. I'm covered. We're covered out here. And I don't I, I think that the people in my life, the people that are close to me, or at least the people whose opinion I care about, they love and accept me. Mm-hmm. I don't look like either of them. I don't look like my non-Christian friends exactly. And I don't look exactly like my Christian friends and family exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: I have a conversation with everyone. I am not conservative as you know, as conservative as you know, the church is. And I'm and I I've met a lot of people that are way more progressive than I, way more radical than I. Mm-hmm. It's so funny that amongst some circles, I'm the radical friend. And depending on other circles, I'm the conservative friend. Yeah. So I I'm just me. I show up as me. And I ask God to make that authentic, more of God, less of me. And that I feel I can't go wrong. Mm -hmm. I can't go wrong. I'm not, I'm not going to uh, stop doing something that feels innate and feels good to me. And I know, and I don't feel it's hurting anything.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's beautiful because we, we have, Listeners that are younger in age, those that are earlier, they may not be young in age, but they're earlier in our spiritual journey. And I do get emails and questions from people. I don't know where to start, and I'm so confused. And what does this mean? What does ahead mean? What's your ori? And what's and Mm -hmm. even for me, I was hesitant to start the podcast. Why? Because, oh, yeah, I have a lot of training and I have training in neuroscience, but I'm not, you know, I'm an initiate of IFA or, you know, I haven't really studied African Mm -hmm. spirituality on a level that I Mm -hmm. would be able to call myself an expert. Right. Right. And my ancestors were like, we don't care about that. Um, you're gonna do this podcast because we need you to do this work. And so I, I had, had to jump into something that I'm like, I, I don't know if I have all the lingo and the terminology. And I, it's funny, I think it was just last week and I happened to run across a live with um, Ayala Van Zant, And mm-hmm. someone had asked her, what do I do about a spiritual attack if you're under spiritual attack? And she said, what's that? She said, I've been a a priest, a pastor or whatever for, I don't know how many years. And I never heard of that. And I'm like, well, I've heard of that, but it really opened my eyes to, she was kind of saying, I don't care about the labels or the term, tell me what it is that you're asking me without the names. And so for me, that was very comforting that, As you're jumping into something that is kind of new and it's beautiful that our people are now awakening and we're starting to open our eyes to different practices and whether it's still Christianity or not, you may be looking at it from a lens of what did it look like with my ancestors, right? Which um, mm-hmm. is quite different. So, no matter what we're doing, it's, yeah. it's a lot of pressure at times, right? <laughs> to, you know, uh, how do I do this right? Well, who says mm-hmm. it's the right way? Right. If it's if you're connecting with spirit on a right. personal level, right? Right. Right. And so, I, I, I wanted to ask another question kind of relating to that because you mentioned ancestors, right? And mm-hmm. ancestral veneration. So, how do you personally honor your ancestors? Because I try, I, like we just said, I try to do it on my per- my personal way.
1: Mm-hmm. I take a
0: little bit here and there from people that I respect,
1: mm-hmm. but it,
0: it should be a very personal connection. So how do you do that? How do you connect to your ancestors?
1: I will say um, that is something that is a new practice for me. Um, if I'm honest, <clears throat> I didn't do much ans- ancestral work or even thought Um as far as beyond respect, you know, beyond, uh, acknowledgement and respect, it wasn't until my dad transitioned and I realized, oh my gosh, my dad's an ancestor. Once I, like, I really had that thought in that voice and everything. (laughs) And once I realized that it became so important to me to connect, to acknowledge, to, um, to, to, to have a relationship with. And, you know, my, I thought about him, I thought about my, his mom. And then I thought about, you know, his dad. And then I thought, you know, past, you know, known and unknown. And now it's um, as simple as, you know, for me, lighting a candle, having a picture of the ancestor that I connect with sitting by that candle. And then, you know, having, having open dialogue where, I'm talking I feel that I'm being heard and I feel like I can almost hear him responding to me and 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 asking you know for the courage to keep going in this, in this, this, this life, in this battle that we have, you know, with the civil unrest, with the racial injustice, with all of the things that we're working to learn and things that we're, we're, we're hoping to digest and get right, regurgitate right as we each one teach one kind of thing. Um, I think that connection is all about it. It started with my dad and it is, slowly expanding beyond him. But it's all about, for me, the intention and the desire, the desire to say, you know what? Some n- There's nothing I'm going through right now that there's not somebody down this line that has already seen it, lived through it, survived it, and could give me some gems on it. Yes, that's right. That's And right. I think it's acknowledging, too, that I will one day be an ancestor and me trying to decide to live in a way that the people that come beyond behind me can look to and be proud of and actually borrow from, if needed to, whenever they have their own things to get through, which they will. Mm-hmm. So, again, starting with my dad, going beyond that, and then also acknowledging myself as an ancestor in the making.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And so what you said there, I don't, I'm hoping people caught that gem. So you mentioned that what you're going through, that there is someone in your lineage that's most likely from your ancestors that have, they've already gone through it, right? And they already have those lessons. And so for some, it's kind of, you know, they may feel uncomfortable entering into that work of ancestral veneration, because they may feel like, well, this is not really you know how I was taught in terms yeah. of my religious practices, and some even go as to as far as to say you're not supposed to talk to the dead, right? Um, which, you know, I think that's mostly outside of our culture because, as I mentioned, I think during our panel, we often bring home those mementos from the funeral service, and mm-hmm. we make a little altar, shrine, whatever. We whatever. just don't call it that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So we do that anyway. So it's, it's nothing wrong with that and connecting because they do have answers. They're like, they're just waiting for us to, to reach out to them. And it's someone you may have never even known existed in your line of family members that can then say, yes. I have the answers because why they live those lessons. Um, One other part that this is a personal belief. And I know for some of our African spiritual traditions that this is a belief that does exist, but for some, it doesn't. Um, But I personally believe that we. We do at a certain level reincarnate, and the reason why is until we get to a certain level of ascension and we learn the lessons that we're supposed to learn, we have to redo this game all over again. Oh. And mm-hmm. so, when you think about it in that way, personally, I believe if that is the case, um, and I'm not going to get too far into this, but there is a belief that we have a spiritual cell, our spiritual self, our soul that stays in heaven or the spiritual realm, whatever we want to call it. And mm-hmm. then the part of our soul that then comes here. So that soul is constantly kind of saying, well, we were supposed to be doing this. Now you're messing up. Come on back. Right. So, <laughs> right? And so let's have, let's talk about this again. We talk about it with our spiritual family and say, okay, listen, Dr. G, we're mm-hmm. going to send you down this time. And this time you're going to be, you're going to be a little black girl that's born to a single parent and you're going to live with your grandparents and her and her sisters. And, and mm-hmm. then you, we're going to try this again for you to learn this lesson. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, sure. <laughs> and then you come down and you're like, you know what? I'm going to date this guy or I'm going to do mm-hmm. this. And I would, nope, come on back. Cause you know messed up. Again. <laughs> so, so in that way, I see our, us, us as already being wow. the ancestor.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I know, I've never done, so, so, so while we're here, right, we have uh-huh. our spirit. No, our soul is here. Our spirit's mm-hmm. still up watching spirit, us.
0: Spirit. So, and this is a deep conversation, but okay. our, we have what, and this is part, of, I don't want to speak too much on something I'm not initiated in, but in the Yoruba okay. tradition, they believe uh-huh. in spiritual doubles. Right. Okay, okay. You have a yeah, spiritual double or in the egg bay. So you your spiritual double as well as your spiritual family that's uh-huh. also connected to other folks here. So it's almost okay. like you know that movie Us. Have you yeah. seen
1: us? That, that's what I was thinking about.
0: Yes. Okay. So the tethering okay. between the yeah. two would be spirit. Okay. Spirit, in my opinion, is what's running between us and a spiritual realm. Spirit is a piece of source. So if source was the ocean,
1: everything,
0: mm-hmm. sources, God is everything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then there's a creator that said, you know, I'm going to take a little bit of this source and make humans, right? And I'm going to mm-hmm. make their soul out of this source. And the communication, the conduit between the spiritual realm and us is spirit. It okay. runs through us. It's constantly running through us. And so if you tap into it, like you're talking about, mm-hmm. on your spiritual bath, meditating, yoga, what ha- whatever it is, you are then tapping into that source energy of spirit.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: you get to speak to spirit through your head or your Ori And then through your, you know, connecting to the spiritual realm and the part of your soul that's left behind, right? So then your soul becomes whole, when mm-hmm. you were tapping into that, we become fractured and disconnected from our soul. When we're going through trauma, we start mm-hmm. to live in the body, right? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. all kind of the, and I told you it was a deep conversation. So, mm-hmm. we <laughs> so, so, so
1: when we do that, when we, when we finally, when we finally tap in and we finally are made whole, then is it the belief that, or is it your belief that then we ascend and that that's when it's complete? Like we don't have to, Reincarnate again, to a okay. certain
0: extent, yes. If, okay. but even still, we can't be high and mighty, right, and sit on our high horse, <laughs> right? Because there's, <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. There may be still lessons that we have to learn. Okay. There, you know, and the lessons I think do perhaps. I don't even know if they get easier. You know, sometimes. Yeah. I feel like, for instance, and some people, hopefully, you know, unsubscribe, but because everyone doesn't (laughs) love Oprah. But I will say when you hear her story and you Mm -hmm. see what she's doing now, Mm -hmm. I think she is an old soul. I think, you know, she and I believe she's spoken to this before, but that this was like, we need you to this is the last ditch effort. Mm -hmm. Here are all the things that you need to experience now that you haven't experienced because you have a boatload of people that you need to help heal. Mm
1: -hmm. And we
0: need you to live through this so that you can help them heal. And that's going to be like your rite of passage. That's going to be your graduation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know? And and so I think sometimes when we live (laughs) through these, like these hard trials, like this hard stuff, and then we come out on the end of it, then yes, maybe you reach to your ascension and, you are, um, there's different levels of ancestry too, which we can talk about another time. <laughs> but, yeah. but you get to that, yeah. that higher level of ancestry. Because okay. when, when you leave and you still have to repeat and people are probably thinking what is she talking about but this is just my belief but when you have to repeat it's a different level of and being an ancestor right you haven't reached that master level yet where you can stay in the ancestral Mm -hmm. realm I think we just we come here to experience we actually want to come here in my opinion to experience all of it for whatever reason whatever crazy reason (laughs) that Mm -hmm. we do the good the bad the ugly it's a duality you Mm -hmm. know and okay. we're, we're human, so we can't quite see it in that way. Right, right. But imagine if you were an entity that that couldn't feel, that couldn't experience, that couldn't taste and eat and
1: have right. all the pleasures of life, then it'd be worth it, right? Right, right. So my question to you is, so our spiritual family that we are you know, sharing this space on earth with at the same time, those are people that are not just our biological. That's why we have connections that we wouldn't be able to explain to some people. That's right. Ronin. Okay. Right. So <laughs> <You> is, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going for of my perception of yeah, how yeah, I perceive yeah, it, okay. how
0: I've interpreted it. Yeah. It. And, and okay. honestly, what I've received from my ancestors, I'm a dreamer, meaning like I, I dream a lot about okay. my ancestors, my immediate okay. ones, my parents, and okay. they've told me some things in my dreams. Um, okay. And my mother's told me things about having to go through different levels before you could even visit your loved ones after you transition. Because I was angry with her. I'm like, where are you? How come you haven't visited me? You know I have this this way of seeing people yeah. that passed on. And she told me, this is why I couldn't come to you right away. Oh. So some of my beliefs, it comes from that as well as the okay. teachings. That mm-hmm.
1: makes sense. Mm-hmm. Nope. No one comes to me in my dreams. My dad doesn't. I wish he would. So yeah. <laughs> if you can hear me. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, I feel like they speak
0: to us in, in ways that sometimes they feel like it will be the safest or, you know, they don't want to scare us, yes. um, you know, in that way. And sometimes I do feel like they have work to do. They may be doing something else, taking care of business. other
1: my mm-hmm. sister said that w- right, right after my dad transitioned, she felt him, and she felt that he was there, and she was scared, and then she was felt guilty because she was scared, and felt discomfort like I'm not, I, I would never hurt you, and then she was calm. So there was like all these emotions, like these stages, yeah. um, and she, you know, I, I, I just listened, and I just love that she that she went, you know, that she experienced that. But I guess after that, he got busy. You
0: know? <laughs> Well, and then if you think it it is a challenging thought, but if you think that what if we do have to kind of redo some things in life, Mm
1: -hmm. um,
0: that yeah, they may, maybe they visit us in their dreams. You ever have a dream about someone you never seen before? You're like, who the heck was that person? I mean, Mm -hmm. like just weird dreams. Like maybe that's when they do visit that other part of their life, their their journey. (laughs) You know, but if if they're not coming around, I often think maybe they are doing their their current life and. How often in our families have we said like this babe oh, she acts just like her great grandmother she used yeah. to be, she didn't like to eat that either and you yeah, know it looks did. just like and it makes you wonder and some traditions say if that's the case that they do
1: tend to come back within the family my grandma <laughs> my my maternal grandmother would say that I was her grandmother when I was younger because I was like six, seven years old saying stuff that's like, you know, and I don't know what's making me say this, but I just feel that God and, you know, just like saying things and, and they would just be staring at me like, what is going on? And then, uh, yeah, my maternal grandmother would go, I'm telling you, that's my grandmother. She acts just like her. So if <laughs> that's interesting, now that you're saying that I am just like, huh. mm-hmm. like
0: <laughs> We've said this for ages, right? But no one, but if we if we talk about it, I, I think people think like, Well, are you telling me I don't get to go to heaven?
1: Yeah. And
0: that's a scary thought for yeah. people that have been raised to believe that's what <laughs> happens, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but I like to think that you, we can make our, our heaven here on earth, and that's part of it that we're missing. We're missing mm-hmm. the lesson of this can be heaven, as much as people call it, you know, hell or the marketplace people do, you know, because it's challenge. It's, it's tough. It uh-huh. is. You have to acknowledge, but I mm-hmm. made a decision a while back that, you know what, I'm not going to wait for a Saturday. I'm not going to wait for a holiday or a vacation or death to enjoy this life. So,
1: I love, that. Yeah. I love
0: it. yeah. So on that note, we, mm-hmm. we talked about you doing a little bit of reading. So I want to make sure we give time oh, yeah. to share
1: your work really quickly uh because i know we kind of ran long i'm gonna read a poem well it's a short poem and it's called i choose me and it is from my uh book one thousand roads of discovery and the chapter that it's in is called uh love heartbreak and healing so that's chapter three Um, And it's called I Choose Me. I haven't read this in a long time, but it's, you know, it's kind of short. So it says someone had to take the pain away. So I chose you. Actually, it was you who chose me. I sat around unknowingly and unsuspecting soul, a heart with no room left for anything but additional confusion. It was simply unavailable. But still, I chose you. Somehow I had to make sense of this and someone had to have the answer. So I chose you. If there were ever a time I would allow myself to be called a victim, it would be times when I was all in. All in with my heart out and my eyes closed. All in alone. Somewhere lay the secret of how to erase you from my mind. How to allow my heart to grasp the fact that more days have passed since you left my life than the sum total of the days you were in it. That time frame should ease the pain. Blurred memories should not lead to emotions so vivid, so crisp, so true. Someone has to provide an escape and I chose you. Someday I have to learn that each of my choices is what led me here in the first place. I have to find the strength to do what I'm not used to doing, what I've neglected to. I have to choose me. I have to find courage deep within. Resilience left over from past tribulation and forgiveness I offer to everyone else except myself. I need to forgive myself for still craving what has proven to be anything but mine. For not having my all. To give to anyone else, I need someone to love, to cherish, to make me whole. I need someone to stop choosing you. Today, I choose me. Beautiful. Woo. You. Great. <laughs> so, yeah. That was a, that was in love healing. And, you know, um, in this book in 1000 roads of discovery, there is 10 chapters with 10 pieces of writing. Um, and some of them are just a sentence on all the subjects that I've chosen. So from love, friendship, family, forgiveness, heartbreak, healing, um, just all, kind, all kinds of subjects. I think my favorite just very short poem or short one-liner is in the discrimination chapter, which is chapter two. And it say, it says simply, I don't even need to read this. I know this one. Um, the biggest threat to white privilege is black power. Mm, facts. <laughs> That's it, period, right? As,
0: as the young ones say, on period. <laughs>
1: period yeah (laughs) that's the right and and you know I was scared to put that in the book because I have so many supporters you know (laughs) that are different creeds colors but it that that really is that that reigns true to me and I have different things about you know uh being discriminated against in that chapter but that really is just and I, I post that in some way shape or form on every Black History Month at some point I had an Etsy shop that was on on hoodies and me and my family we all took a picture that you'll see um on the first of february that we'll post in those hoodies and really it is that's that's the threat that is the threat to the privilege and it's not coming from an idea of superiority it's a it's coming from an idea of equality if we Mm -hmm. were given the power to be equal then it would threaten the privilege and that is what the fear is Mm -hmm. even if even by those where the privilege is not acknowledged if the privilege is not acknowledge or if it doesn't exist then what is the fear for equality yes. what, what what are you so afraid of mm-hmm. is there power that threatens that privilege mm-hmm. so
0: and it's boiling up to the surface as we speak it is that that fear the fear
1: that fear so that was from the that was from my uh, second book, One Thousand Roads to Discovery, and then um, from Positive Reinforcement Daily Declaration. There's just like I said, there is a a declaration for each um, day of the year. So there is 366 because I even have one for leap year. I'm going to go ahead and read uh, April 8th, and then I'm going to read what I close the year out. So I'm going to read December 31st. So the idea is that you can go through this book and then continue to go. Do it again the next year. Um, so April 8 says, I am patient with others. I am patient with myself. I understand that we are all human beings made up of flawed pieces of perfection. My expectations are that the people around me try their best and I vow to do the same. When a mistake is made, I'm able to ask for forgiveness and I'm able to grant forgiveness as well. That is just something to aspire to. The whole idea of this book is that you may not, you may be reading this and you may go, no, I don't want to forgive. Or no, you know, we're, we're not just, I'm not patient at all. But the, the reason why it's called Daily Declarations is so that you can declare that if you want to make, if you if this connects with you, you make the decision that every time I think about this today, I'm going to be patient on purpose. I'm going to admit my flaws, you know, however however uh, big or small. They all come together for this perfect story and this perfect experience that I'm supposed to be having in this moment. And I'm going to acknowledge that and I'm going to ask for forgiveness in the same way the grace that I'm giving, I'm able to grant when the roles are reversed. That's the idea behind that one. Um, on December 31st, so this is the way I decided to end the year, is I have a vision. I've set my goals. I will surround myself with people that are conducive to my evolution. I will be unapologetic as I transition, even if I have to leave certain people and things behind. My time as a caterpillar is up. My wings are ready.
0: Very nice. That makes me think about that saying, if you want to see A person's future just look at the people that they surround themselves by that's Mm -hmm. that speaks to that that is wonderful thank you so how can they find your books find you people are you know liking what they heard today
1: (laughs) so my books are on amazon.com um if you want a personalized copy a signed copy you can go to Woods.com. That is the preferred way. I like when when I get orders through Woods.com, then I actually pull them off my shelf and send them out to you. Um, I can sign them if you want. I can not sign them, um, but that's my prefer- preferred way. But also if you go to Amazon and you go into the book category and look up Kia Amy Woods, um, both books should come up. Positive Reinforcement Daily Declarations definitely comes up because that sells... Um, more. Um, you got to do a little bit of more digging to find 1000 Roles to Discovery. You definitely got to make sure you're under the books category. There's also um, an ebook version of Positive Reinforcement Daily Declarations. Mm-hmm. Um, and on Instagram and Twitter, I am, I am Kia Woods. So very easy. I think I'm also on TikTok too, where I put motivational videos up every now and again. Um, I Was releasing or committing to every Monday, putting up a motivational video, but I am a person that likes to live and present in truth. And if I am going through a time where I don't feel motivated myself, then I don't fake the funk and I don't try to motivate someone with something I'm not even feeling myself. Mm -hmm. So, um. That is so there I don't commit to once a week anymore. But if you scroll through my Instagram or you go through TikTok, you will find some older videos um, where I you can hear what I'm saying versus just reading it.
0: Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah, I'm a believer of that I, I think the people that follow this podcast will tell you that I'm somewhat consistent, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't feel right. Right. If you're not in that space, how can you really help people in that moment? So right. Right. yeah but I think we were both in the space tonight it was a great conversation for me
1: yes. <laughs> Thank you so much and I've learned so much from you I feel like we had to talk again offline I yes. really
0: <laughs> yes I'm, I'm always willing to to help and teach and learn from other people you've taught me some things this evening I wrote a few things down for myself <laughs> Yeah. So I will, I'll put your information in the show notes so people could actually click the links and things and find you on your webpage and Instagram. And yeah, just thank you for joining me. This was great.
1: Thank you so much,
0: Dr. G. Thanks for having me. Thank you.